Welcome back to the Mindsets Podcast. This is episode seven. Uh, today I'm joined by Jasmine, who is going to do her own introduction because uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, it's your own introduction. So also, uh, first and foremost, welcome to the Mindsets Podcast studio. This is the first Love time it. we're recording in it. It's still very basic. If you guys could see what's behind the camera right now, you'd be laughing a lot. Um, <laughs> but ultimately... There will be some things added. It will get jazzed up, so you get to enjoy that in each episode as it grows no along. Pun intended. Absolutely. <laughs> that was. I'd, yeah. Wow. Um, I'm glad you're on it today. Um, so yeah, feel free introduce yourself, and we can we can go from there. Well, thank you for having me. I think what you're doing is really cool. Like such a an amazing concept. Um, yeah, Jasmine. I am. I guess I would say I'm a 400 meter hurdler first. That's my athletics is my my big thing. Um, and I do social media marketing for my job. Um, 25 years old. I feel we were just saying how we feel old, but um, yeah, I'm 25 and living in London, um, loving life. Yeah. Cool. I mean, this is something that's also worth mentioning. You you briefly mentioned your job there, and I briefly mm -hmm. mentioned that this is my studio. <laughs> Tell us about your, your job and, sure. and what you do. Yeah, so um, I started it actually only three months ago, which is crazy because that time has just flown. Um, but yeah, it feels like I've been there much longer than, than three months. Um, I yeah started, yeah, uh, it's in Oval. Um, our office is like really cool. We have a set up studio it's a bit different to this but um that's because it's yeah the good the bad and the rugby uh podcast with mike james and alex they're great and i also work for the good the scouts the rugby mm -hmm. um so that's the women's podcast as well um and the women's rugby podcast they're so much fun we're getting more into that season four now which is crazy wow. Um, but yeah, so I listen into the podcasts. I then do kind of timestamps when I work out, which is like something that they say is going to be um, go crazy on socials. And then I take that content, um, cut it down, edit it, and post it on our social media, which I think now we've got on Instagram 150k followers. So it's quite nice. quite a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, so it's That's really it. hard to, I don't, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to fuck up. I yeah. um, <laughs> don't want to post anything that's, you know, that sometimes I, I have and like being new in the job, it's, it's hard. Um, I am not like from a general rugby background. Um, my, my dad does like he's a coach um, rugby coach so that's kind of where my love for rugby has come from but um yeah I've had to learn a lot about rugby and mm. all the rules which even for rugby players themselves they're finding it hard to yeah. to work out like there's so many new rules um but yeah it's amazing I love my job and it's before that it was quite tough I was actually made redundant um back in April um, and I was working in recruitment, which is quite, um, I don't want to offend anyone here, but I think it's well known to be quite a toxic culture, to be honest. Okay. Um, I, I did like the company that I worked for, um, but yes, the people um, are very competitive and normally I do thrive in that, in that kind of environment, but um, for someone who's not actually a recruiter themselves, I was doing their marketing, um, it was quite tough because 
<laughs> yeah, it, I'm not going to go into too much detail yeah. because I really don't. Yeah, don't want to offend anyone. No, cool. But it was it was a tough tough gig, um, and there were some really cool things that we were doing, some really cool concepts, and we were working in HR and tech. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I actually had my own podcast there, um, so that was cool. Um, but yeah. I is, was, is that kind of why you made the transition into now working more on a podcast? Yeah, I think so. Own? Because I had my own experience, I know what it's like to, you know, record, edit, also get in the guests um, and make it engaging content. Um, but yeah, it's very different going from HR and tech to rugby. <laughs> it's a completely different contrast, but um, I always wanted to end up in sport. But yeah, sorry completely sidetracked i yeah i was no, made no. was made redundant um in april which was really tough i i think the company knew that they were going to be reducing the headcount and fortunately run out of um budget a bit um and then i was in tenerife on warm weather training with my group is that when you found out and i found out loads of people were getting made redundant and right. i thought well not me because the last conversation I'd had with my manager was that I was doing really well and that everything was, yeah, going well. Um, and it was really tough because my, I, we literally had just landed, the plane landed in Tenerife. And um, my, one of my best friends, my colleague at the time called me as I'd landed. She was like, Jazz, pick up, pick up. I need to call you now. Called me and I, I thought, oh, just another work drama. Just a, just something someone said and she's got a bit upset about. And she went, Jazz, I've been made redundant, crying down the phone. Um, I don't know what's going on, but so many people have been called in. And um, yeah, she was one of the first ones to be um, yeah, made redundant, which was really hard to hear down the phone when you want to be with someone to help them. And the first thought I thought of was, oh my gosh, I don't know how I can work without her because we were a little duo and she was in the marketing team as well. Um, And yeah, then my whole week of being out in Tenerife, you want to enjoy it. You want to train as hard as you can. I was going to say, this isn't just a holiday, is it? You're training as well. So you're kind of in in three different places there. Mm. You're you're kind of, you're away from home in a lovely place, but it's nice and warm. You're also trying your hardest to make the most of the training while you're out there. And then this is going on and you're... Uh-huh. Okay. It's, it, it was really hard to figure out in my brain because one part of me was going, oh, no, you'll be absolutely fine. Like, they need you. They need you to, for this, um, for the podcast. They need you to do um, all the social media. And I, I was doing quite a lot of different types of marketing, loads of um, digital marketing. I was also editing the website i was running all the social channels and then podcast on top so um and then video editing and graphic design etc um so i was thinking no I'll, I'll be safe i'll be okay um and then the other part of me was going oh my gosh you're when you come back from this you're not going to have a job when living in london at the moment and in general is so hard the rent has shot up. Everyone is paying. Everyone I know is paying around a grand to be in living in London. Before bills, a lot of the time as well, which exactly. is insane, especially in like winter now. Like bills haven't dropped down that much. It's like yeah, a, 
it's an expensive place to be yeah sure. so in my mind i'm thinking okay when you come back from this trip you're not going to have a job you're then going to have to afford to be living in london without any income and then you'll just be a full-time athlete which is i mean i'm i'm not going to put myself down i'm obviously a, a good athlete but i'm not good enough to be full-time like that's not that's not where i'm i was at so the whole week was really hard um it was a really enjoyable trip but there were a lot of times when i was having to just kind of keep in my in my head that um try and stay motivated to train whilst knowing yeah so as soon as i came back um i actually got a text on the sunday night the night before i was meant to go in on the monday saying check your emails so i did um jasmine we don't require you to come into the office tomorrow morning we will have a call with you at nine o'clock that's when you know isn't it (laughs) you just know so my heart sank and yeah that was that was back in april so i had may uh june july august i don't know where those months went because most of the time i was applying for new jobs um and i i kind of saw it as a a really exciting prospect i thought okay this is something that i can grasp and you know i can make a good good thing out of a bad situation and i can get a really cool job from now on and i've got so much experience and i know what i want did you did you immediately feel like that though no because i, I was <laughs> no, gonna say like no, no. you've got this call on the monday morning how long does it take for you you mentally to switch from my life has fallen apart i'm uh, i'm the lower end of my my career in terms of how many years i'm going to be working mm. for i'm living in the most expensive place in the uk how do you switch from that to then being like okay this is this could be an opportunity how long does that take well it, it's definitely i feel like in my mind i was switching all the time between staying positive and being negative like there wasn't really a point where um i knew i was going to be okay until i i'll move on to that but until i got my new job i yeah first thing was massive relief because i was let free in a way um and then about an hour later i was crying in bed and then about an hour later i saw my friend she came over bless her amazing friend uh, my colleague who knew exactly what the feeling was like she went through it the week before and we sat down we had dinner together and we were like it's gonna be okay we'll be all right and then the day after i pretty much spent my whole day in bed which is not like me at all i there's not one day i don't think in this like whole unless i'm very ill in in my whole life i spent in bed um so that was yeah it was quite a dark day and then i gave myself a week to pick myself back up um and then start applying for jobs again and to be honest the support i got from my company was was not not great um and i was seeing a therapist which was through work they cut that off straight away they cut off the therapy i had um the app called calm which i was using all the time to get to sleep to calm 
calm myself down. Was that through like a work vlogging? Through as well? work. Amazing. Cut it off straight away. Logged me out of everything within the hour of um of being of being told um being let go. So yeah, support was dire. Wasn't great. Um, and I got a few messages from people at work and but yeah uh, it was kind of crazy it was a crazy time and it's now gone in such a whirlwind and I feel like those few months I was just really focusing on my training but that's the thing is when you're then a full-time athlete you really feel like this is it you have to focus on that and that only and then you put so much pressure on yourself to perform in training in competitions races that um for me i i i feel like this season was really hard um yeah i put i put so much pressure on myself because i was like well i don't have a, a job like i have no excuse there's no excuse to to not do well well, let's let's set the scene a little bit for, mm. for everyone listening. So for sure. you're talking about your um, sort of background as an athlete. Yes. Let's go back to when there was less pressure. Okay. And you're a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Was running the first thing you ever did? I think so. There's a, there's a, there's a bit of pedigree there. Am I right? You've yeah. Got your mum is. I yeah. Don't know about it. And both sides of the family is it? Yeah. So my grandma from like. She was an incredible javelin thrower. Wow, um, that's she, quite niche, yeah. Yeah, so she then got my mum into athletics. And my mum, from a young age, would take herself to training. Um, and she, yeah, she was incredible. From when she was 18, she was running the sort of times I was running now. Uh, even faster than that, actually. Um, and, yeah, everything she does... I, I've always wanted to be her basically I've always wanted to follow my mum's footsteps so um yeah and then my dad also he's he they my parents met at the athletics track <laughs> a really funny story nice yeah um my mum was I don't know what she was doing I think she was doing some sort of handstand walks across the track and my dad went yep she's the one for me <laughs> which is hilarious um so yeah they met at the at the athletics track and then from I guess when I was born they knew that I would be following in their footsteps but yeah you you are kind of right like they there wasn't much pressure for me at the beginning they just wanted me to enjoy um I was actually quite a good footballer um I was when I was like a kid I was the only girl in the whole league I played with boys (laughs) um from when I was yeah like six years old so I I love my football and they didn't want to put too much pressure on me doing athletics but then I I made the decision to stop the football stop anything else I was doing hockey gymnastics um and school sports to be like right I am gonna focus on athletics because I know I've got speed I know that I enjoy it um did you come to that decision yourself or was it kind yeah. of guided by parents and, and, and also friends or you just woke up one day and mature were just like yeah this is the one I think I mean yeah, I definitely I made the decision myself I was kind of 15 16 um and I went Do you know what 
there were a few things. I think football was getting my... <laughs> I was getting a lot of injuries in football. Um, and it goes to the point where it was more for fun rather than something that I could take on as a career. I mean, who who knows? So much respect to the Lionesses. Like, I would have loved to do that and be a, a professional footballer, but it's a bit more of a risk than doing athletics. There I is think. certainly more of an element of the unknown. Because, I mean, yeah. a, a tackle could come off bad for both people involved, mm. and sometimes you don't know where it's going to come from. Whereas you think about running, yes, you still have injuries that do occur and you can't necessarily plan for them but it's less likely that someone else is going to cause an injury yeah exactly so yeah um and then i came to that decision and i just went from there then joined um, my like local club at home trained twice a week so not, were you already not doing those. hurdles by that point or were you yeah doing, i started yeah. hurdling uh, i was doing sprint hurdles and then went on to 300 meter hurdles because at that age you don't do 400 um and then I made it to English schools, my first English schools when I was 17. And that, yeah, that was just, <laughs> it was so funny because now I go to British champs most, like every every year I kind of make it, make the time for British champs. But when you're that age, you think English schools is the biggest thing ever and you get so nervous and I really didn't perform well. Um, at both the English schools I went to, I didn't do great. Um, but that's it's okay because it was such a learning process, and it made me really want to then push on and and then from uni, so that's a big jump from being yeah, a kid. Yeah. But Go for it. it, yeah. So from when I was eighteen, I then went to Loughborough. <laughs> great Love. university of yes. choice, fantastic. Up the laugh. Um, but yeah, basically. I, I kind of focused on athletics majorly from then um, and I was in a really cool group uh, with some insane athletes and it felt surreal I was training alongside like the best athletes in the country of course and you kind of feel a bit out of your depth um, and I yeah but it was it was an incredible experience and then um, I think when I really thought okay things are going really well in my athletics career um i came fourth at bucks which i was gutted that i didn't come third but to be honest i was really happy with that because um bucks is a big thing and it's not just like rugby football you have bucks competitions you have that every weekend for athletics bucks is just indoors and outdoors we only have two opportunities to shine and let's in terms of I, I know i'm really bad at the second half of bucks but bucks is british university championships championship it's oh i don't I can't remember now yeah i can't remember all i all so, i know is that pretty much every university is involved in the bucks competition yeah. so like you're talking about um on an athletics track i don't know if this is the same for indoors and outdoors is it still eight lanes no it's not no. okay well there we go no. um but like you you obviously there's heats and that sort of thing that you have but ultimately there's a way more universities than there are people competing mm -hmm. so in order to get to that point in the first place you're, you've already achieved so much yeah and then like you said you get one or two opportunities in in a season to really and also um with Loughborough you so all 
I think it might just be Loughborough. I could be wrong. It could be Bath and Birmingham as well. I'm not too sure. But all the, all universities say if you want to compete in Bucks, if you are doing that event, go for it. Loughborough have a set time that you have to make to make Bucks. So you have to perform before Bucks. We have Bucks trials before that. Um, yeah, not like any other uni. Mm. <laughs> it's so Whereas funny. Like, oh, you want to do that? Sign up. Yeah, go for it. So okay. funny speaking to my friend who went to Exeter. She was like, you had to make a time to get to Bucks. Like, that's crazy. It should just be an open competition. But no, Loughborough is so competitive. And people warned me of that before I went. Um, I actually had some people being like, well, you won't make it to Bucks because you have to get a time for that. Like, you do realise that, right? Um, so to even be there, yeah, as you said, is an insane opportunity so yeah to be to come forth was and that year as well I hate to say it because my friend Anna fell at the last hurdle and it was very dramatic and she's I hope she's got over that now um but I was the only uh Loughborough 400 meter women 400 meter hurdler that actually finished that year oh wow Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Making so, these hurdles sound like terrifying yeah, things as well. Crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they just come out of nowhere. But yeah, um, so that was a big achievement for me. And then that's when I went on that year as well. Um, I came fourth at the under 23 nationals um, and got my personal best PB for everyone who is an athlete <laughs> and knows what a PB means. Um, and that actually from that year was my favorite uh was my yeah best year 2019 and i haven't pb'd since then i've got so close genuinely like tenths of a second Mm -hmm. um so i still i guess i class it as like an equal pb but that was my my best year and i'm still going on now and people it's so funny speaking to people who have a full-time job like me and uh, they kind of find out about athletics or they hear it through grapevine they're like what you're still competing now it's like a crazy thing i think that's the thing is because so many people and i mean this is true with my friends um you think back to school everyone they do whatever sport it is in pe Mm -hmm. at school and then they sometimes do it in sixth form and then when they get to university it's another opportunity to start a sport so you go to university and those that don't go to university at that point, they might still be playing at the weekend at their local Sunday side club if it's football or equivalent for rugby and, and so on. But generally speaking, when you finish an organised sport opportunity, you, most people stop. Mm. And so when you get into the workplace and, and you start talking to people and you know someone competes, it is really, really rare yeah because again and and this is probably something we'll end up talking about it's very difficult to balance a full working life and a full training life attempting to get pbs Mm -hmm. um and i think what you were saying in in terms of 2019 being your best year do you think momentum maybe had well there was an impact on momentum because of covid in the way you trained because there's there's one thing as well, this is I'm bringing loads of things into this, so we'll have to stir the mix <laughs> and come out with one thing to carry on with. Yeah. But I remember seeing you training on one of the uh, pitches quite regularly um, at Loughborough. Yeah. And a lot of it is mechanic based as well, and I think 
there will be a lot of athletes that are listening and, and some new people to fitness or whatever. Um, 90% sure that most of you don't know how to run correctly. And it is, it is insane to me. And I can fully vouch for the fact that I thought, you know, I wasn't, a, I was never a sprinter, but I was never slow. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered how to run. And the yeah. fact that it's just not taught is insane and spent ages learning how to run. And in comparison, you watch someone on TV that can run, they look like they're gliding. Yes. And it looks so easy. And then you look at someone that can't run and it's all out of time, it's all out of sync, <laughs> and it looks like it's so much effort. In reality, the person who's gliding, the amount of work they're putting in to contract all the muscles and time everything up is still going on. It's just more muscle memory. Um, so you can't just learn it at the beginning no. and then switch it off and continue competing. And that's just how you run. So you were doing a lot of mechanics-based sessions and then a lot of actual... I mean, what's the training like when, when you were around that sort of time? Um, that time... Uh, well, I was, I actually was at, in two different groups at Loughborough. Um, I was with Nick Dakin's group, which was like incredible. We were training a lot. Um, we would train every day apart from Friday, um, which I mean, that's what I do now, but the stuff we were doing then was very intense. And I think because we had that high pack, the indoor, um, center, which is incredible, it just meant that we could train, um, whenever whenever we, we could um so mondays would be very technical um hurdle sessions and then we'd have circuits as a group and then tuesdays was like heavy track session mm-hmm. um wednesdays would be a run and then gym and then thursdays would be more of a technical track session um and then friday's off <laughs> if you're lucky and then Saturday mornings, we would do horrible, horrible sessions. We did these fartlek sessions on the Hollywell pitches. And you'd have to, um, there'd be hills incorporated in it as well. So you'd have to kind of, uh, as far, people know what fartlek is, but it's kind of, you up the pace, you then drop off, you slow down and then up the pace again. Um, do you have a rest in fartlek or is it just a case uh, of managing your tempo? I think we had some parts where we were able to have a walk back recovery, but not a lot. Like it was normally jog, sprint, jog, sprint. Um, so that was tough. And then, yeah, Sundays would be run, gym, um, sometimes a, another track session. <laughs> like, so that was, um, that was, that was then. And to be honest, my training now, and then, sorry, to go back. <laughs> I then joined a different group, Alex Curry, lovely guy, great coach. He was my coach kind of throughout the COVID time. Um, and he did things very differently. So we did a lot of grass sessions then. So that was, and also pushed from COVID, we kind of had to, there were only set elite athletes able to, to use the high pack, uh, which was really tough. Um, but we made the most of using the grass when we could, when we were allowed to train in groups um, and used the 3G pitches. And that was, yeah, that was, there were a lot of recovery sessions, let's say. He said they were, they weren't. They were still very much training sessions. And he'd say, oh, you've got 300 on 
uh, I mean, 300, 200 pyramid session, something like that on the grass. And you'd be like, oh, but this is a recovery because we're on the grass. So it's right. easier on the joint. <laughs> right, okay. No, <laughs> it was still quite tough. Um, but yeah, that was then. And then now, um, now I am training in Kingston with my group Momentum Sports. And we have a big group of us well now we're a big group there wasn't that many to start with there was two hurdlers when i joined and now there's about five or six of us and is it is, is it so mixed or fun. is it just women or, or? it's mixed so our, the group of us there's kind of um people who are just sprint based so 100 200s and then from 18 year olds i think until i uh, think nicole and sam are 27 28 um so and then we've got also masters guys in our group who are, who are good so super mixed um and then some of them are also 800 meter runners so we're a big group of us but we all kind of fit the training around each other um work off each other and i was gonna say you might you might there must be some level of bouncing off each other because mm. you know if there's someone that's um used to doing shorter distances they might have a completely different mindset on the pace that they want to go at yeah and if you try and match that it could push you but you could also learn that i should not be doing that yeah <laughs> exactly so my coach is actually very very clever he's like the way he does he plans our sessions is crazy it's genuinely to the tenth of a second and the recovery times as well um so if if someone had let's say take my session on Tuesday, I had um, 500 meters, two minute break, 600 meters, five minute break, then another 500 meters, horrible, five minute break, 400, 300, 200, 150. But the way he does it, he works out who is also doing this session. So who kind of will join in. Um, if we have the same recoveries um, and he, he genuinely writes every single person's name down which uh, rep they're going to be on in comparison to another person um and how much recovery they will have as well so someone might miss out a rep and then you have to work out well he works out if we have um the same recovery or not so i might have to then cut my recovery a bit on one rep and then it's, it sounds it sounds confusing and it is but um, the way he does it is is mad. He makes sure that everyone's involved, and we also have staggered starts sometimes. So, if I my um, target time is quicker than someone else's, they will start however many seconds before me, and then I can then catch up with them. So oh, so the aim is the that you time. can be competitive towards the end. Mm. See that what you're saying is some of the the coaching stuff that's going on there. Mm. I mean does sound like an elite level coach because what what i'll say is i think coaching comes in all different forms Mm. and it's very obvious to tell when a coach themselves is passionate about it because they have unique ways of making of of bringing all different types of people together yeah and still achieve things and i don't know why i've never even thought about that but syncing people up so that you should in theory finish around the same time just because you know when you're getting towards the the finish line or whatever you're giving everything you've got yeah and if you think someone might be giving 10 percent, you'll try your best to find it yeah um 
that's genius. I really yeah, like. it, it's very, very good. I mean, sometimes it's it can be uh, annoying because you want to start your session and then you have to wait for someone else to do a few reps before you then start. But um, yeah, it's, it is very clever how, how he does it. Um, and my group as well, I think because we're all so experienced, we've been training ourselves. We've been all kind of in the athletics realm since about 10 years old, competitively probably 12 years old. So we know how to pace ourselves. We're really good at pace judgment. And um, it's really good when we know what target time we have to have to then run at that um, that pace and know that the person in front of you is sticking to that so that when you finish and you look at your watch, you're like, okay, great, I have hit my target. Um, sometimes it doesn't work perfectly, but it can't always. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's mad how he works out our target times as well in comparison to our personal best times, our recent training, our training from last this time last year, the um, comparison between what sessions we have, it's. It sounds. It sounds. I mean, from an outside perspective, it sounds intense. But it sounds like in reality, intense is is what you need. Mm. My question is. Yes. If it's this intense, um, and like you've you've got used to it now so it might sound really intense to me it may still seem intense to you but to a lesser level than when you first start doing it that kind of thing if we look back to earlier this year then mm-hmm. when there was that rough period mm. i assume this was no less intense i was talking to someone this week about this why why do you do it this was something that i think I've only worked out genuinely like very recently and I think I needed that time period of just doing athletics to work out why um because it's I think it just comes naturally from me from within maybe my parents and maybe it's my competitive nature and maybe it's part partially because I'm also very stubborn <laughs> and I want to prove people wrong and I want to prove people right about me, I guess, as well. And I want to prove myself um, and I want to, there's so many elements I could talk about this for ages, but I, I really like the feeling of pushing my body to the limit, like I love it's horrible but i love feeling like i'm gonna throw up from a session do you, do you, so hard. Do you uh, because i i get the same sort of feeling when i'm when i'm putting myself through my paces i enjoy that that element however i only get that sense of feeling when i've done it and i know when i'm doing it why i'm doing it i know mm. at some point i'm gonna be like yeah I'm, I'm so glad i did that at the time i don't know why i'm doing i'm why i'm pushing myself to that extent Afterwards, it's abundantly clear. Mm. And so that's ultimately what stays. But when you are pushing yourself and you're in that moment, you're you're doing the last rep, you're doing whatever it is in the last 20 meters, are you enjoying it then? You are. Yes. I think it depends on the session. and it, But there's there obviously there's doubts in my mind when you're running further than your own distance. So 
when I do sessions where I'm like running over 400 meters, so when I'm doing 500s, 600s, it is really hard to keep yourself mentally going. But yeah, I know in that moment, I know that I'm pushing myself hard enough that it's it's all going to be worth it. Um, and then, yeah, I guess it is, a, I, I do get that sense of relief when you cross the line, you're like, oh, thank God I've done it. But um, I, yeah, I, there's not many times when I question, um, when I question it too much. We joke, uh, our group, we joke a lot about why have we chosen this this event particularly 400 meter hurdles probably arguably one of the most one of the hardest technical events um and also lactic and well i think i mean i always remember from when i was trying to do sort of sprinting in school Mm. 100 and 200 100 was a lot better than 200 because it over before you know it you give everything you've got and then you give it a little bit more and you've crossed the line yeah. 200 you're still giving it everything you've got and you kind of fall over the line because you burn out everything 400 is horrible it's yeah. like the worst of both things because you you have to pace yourself a little bit but you have to give everything you've got and i'm obviously not the person that can speak about the mentality of each of the stages as you go around but then you also bring in things that you've got to jump over yeah it's yeah i mean i think it's a tough one because some people would say that they love the hurdles because then they know i i I think i think i say this as well because they know where they're at in the race when you're i don't think many people know this if you're not an athlete but you tend to go if you're experienced enough you will go into a 400 meter hurdles race knowing your stride pattern knowing what you want to how many strides you want to do between the hurdles you then um also know how to make adjustments right so it's not going to go right every single time um i try and do 16 strides to hurdle three if i can and then change to 17 and then let's not talk about sometimes at 19 it goes to but if i'm really dead um but there's is that in between each set of hurdles because mm. you said by hurdle three yes so have you done two hurdles before that yes okay so you've done 16 paces including two hurdles by the time you get to was it 16 no it was yeah 16 it was 16 but... the first to the third and then the next set of three you're looking at 17 but sometimes it goes to 19 yeah okay cool. it's 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 crazy because people don't really think they just kind of I guess it's not really a thought process you have when you're not when you're not involved in the event because you just see people you just see athletes just jumping over a hurdle like that you don't think oh they're well, gonna mean, have to know how many strides they ha- they need in between this or they're gonna need to know which leg they're gonna take off and land and then for the next one because when it's it's a it's a it's a yeah it's I think it's muscle memory you just your body knows what it's doing you can't you have time to think in that moment you just have to go into the race knowing that your body knows what it's doing (laughs) yeah and switching that off but again that that probably comes with experience right yeah and in terms of experience you obviously mentioned when you were younger and competing and you were at the the uk schools yeah english schools yeah just absolutely bricking it bricking it 
my pants. I mean, I can't imagine that you're not bricking it a little bit when you're competing now. Mm. But what's why are you not bricking it as much? Is it a, is it a, a pre-process? Or oh my you? gosh, don't get me wrong. I get nervous for every single race, even if it's just a Southern League. Like every race I get nervous for. And I get so nervous that like I try so hard not to psych myself out of it. I'm like, oh, I can do this. I've done it so many hundreds of times. Of course I can do this. But you, yeah, you still get nervous. But it's a nervous it's a different kind of nervous in comparison to english schools because then i was so naive i didn't have as much experience i was going into it very young and now i know that no matter how nervous i get what what's the worst that can happen there's one race that could go badly people aren't gonna remember it as much as you are um and I try not to think like that because then I'm like giving myself an excuse to to run badly but um yeah you just it's it's just a, a experience situation um and the nerves are good you need nerves right to to be able to to race well well I was always I was always told as a kid I used to do cross country when I was like really young and um, my dad always used to take me to cross country and he dropped me off. And yeah, I used to be really, really nervous. Um, and he always used to say, only good people get nervous because mm -hmm. the bad ones have nothing to be nervous for. Yeah. And in reality, the more nervous you are to a certain extent, the more likely mentally you should perform. In reality, nervousness can, can ruin that. But it's, it's your brain's way of telling you you like you're about to do something pretty cool yeah. that's why you've got all this adrenaline and all right. the nerves and everything um so yeah that's I've, anytime i felt nervous i've always been like it's got to be for the right reason and you just have to channel and use it to your own advantage if you're not nervous you don't care enough and that's what i say to myself i feel like um there, like there are tough times when you do get so nervous the night before a race and you psych yourself up so much for it that you can't sleep. That's when it all obviously hinder your performance. Um, but yeah, I think I've kind of like over the years, I've managed really well to, to deal with that. And my sleep before a race sometimes now recently has tended to be like the best sleep of my life. Really? That's really oh, uncommon. Yeah, yeah really weird but i've been i don't know how because i before i would wake up every hour and yeah worry so much about the worst things that could happen but yeah now i'm i think i'm just a different athlete i've got way more um yeah i mentally stronger um i definitely have struggled in the past with yeah, I've struggled massively men mentally. Um, As a result of performance or pressure or, or what's it All of that. Um, I think 2020, so the year after my best year and 2021, those two years, I, that I would turn up to the track sometimes and tell myself I'm not running. I was like completely go 
into some weird state of mind where I felt like I wasn't good enough to be there, didn't deserve to be there. And I wasn't going to make it over 10 hurdles. And um, I just thought, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I can do this. And it's a scary place to be in because when you've trained so hard for something and you don't think you can do it, it's, it's, it's really tough. Have you, have you figured out why you were saying that? I think COVID maybe played a part to it. There was a point where, and I think as well, I did my, my master's uh, dissertation and my undergrad dissertation on this, but a body image plays a massive role. And I think those two years I was in a pretty toxic relationship and I think I'd been like pushed so much to the point where I felt like I wasn't good enough for anything in life and then that plays into into your sport um and then I also struggled massively with my skin so there were times where I didn't want to go out and see anyone so there was a load of things going on with myself body image and just yeah being told I wasn't good enough um I think it's very difficult I I sport has always been a thing that has propped up for so many people has propped up well all of that other stuff could be going on as long as the sport's consistent and the productivity of working towards a goal and that sort of thing can kind of mentally keep you sane because it's like well Yes, other things go on, but at least I can appreciate that this is making me happy. I'm achieving this. I'm still good. But comes a point where that isn't good enough anymore. Mm. And everything outside of that ends up spilling over and pours into that and ultimately starts impacting the way your, your relationship with training is. Yeah. It was, it was weird because um, like I was still training fine. It was just coming to competitions. I was comparing myself a lot to other people I genuinely psyched myself out of it so much to the point where I wasn't making the first hurdle right at all every single race I was coming up to the first hurdle which now I'm coming up to it too fast and I need to chill out a bit but I wasn't I wasn't making it and I'd go over the first hurdle with the wrong leg and then that's race over because once you've messed up your your whole race your whole race patterns wrong and um that's how then that would be it'd be lucky if i even started the race to be honest there were some some times when i would get to a competition and i didn't want to do it and i didn't do it and i so sad because i think now i'm it's a wasted opportunity like you get this chance to do something incredible and not many people can do this skill and then you get there and you don't do it (laughs) what's the point of training so hard yeah at the same time like i can see i 100 percent see like that you'd you'd be sat here now and you'd be thinking is that as a missed opportunity but at the same time in terms of your personal progression you got yourself out of that Mm. and generally speaking there isn't an athlete i know that at some point in their athletic career or whatever that hasn't had that yeah it just comes at different points 
and for you to have had it then you might be looking back now and be like oh that was not the most ideal time to have it but you never know and you got yourself out of it mm-hmm. how um i think i changed groups training which was a, a big thing um and then i had a lot more coach support um Dakin was an incredible coach so I'm not gonna put him down at all like people have got to the Olympics through his coaching and but I think for me I needed more support um mentally and just in general like I'm (laughs) I don't know how to put this I'm a needy person and do do you need a coach that that needs to know you and talk to you not just the athlete inside you yeah like the emotional support and Mm. I didn't get that from him so then I changed groups and then um yeah things went up from there I don't I also got myself out of a relationship that wasn't good for me um I quickly got into another one but (laughs) he was an athlete himself so he I kind of worked off him there was a lot of um coaching from him as well which was cool um but i assume you also had the emotional support as well yeah yeah exactly so we both knew what it was like to be an athlete um i don't know how i got out of it i just i think it's just something that you if you want to carry on and if you want to push yourself did you ever question giving up um completely like just stopping athletics it's not for you anymore i i think i did but then i quickly realized that wasn't an option for me because it's genuinely in my blood like i wake up every day and i think oh my gosh what training session do i have today so i i think i I, this sounds so like up myself and i don't mean to be like this in the don't take offense to this please but i struggle to understand people that come back from work and then don't want to do anything with their lives see this this is a this is a huge point hello friends apologies for the interruption to the podcast i just wanted to extend my thanks and appreciation for some of the messages i've received recently regarding some of the topics in the podcasts but also the support that i received for november it really does mean a lot and i just wanted to squeeze that in here anyway back to it so big point yeah Um, I want to discuss this because I think this is, um, I think in my head I've come up with it as being elasticity. Oh, okay. Um, and in mental af- uh, elasticity in terms of how far you stretch yourself. Right. Um, now, I am in a similar similar way of thinking. I get home from work and my brain doesn't, sw- my brain switches off work, but rather than just switching off, I switch on to something else. Yes. If I'm training after work, then it switches on to training. If I am doing something to do with this, then I'm doing something to do with this. And it doesn't really switch off unless I'm having a meal and then I can sort of switch it off or I'm having a conversation with someone to sort of switch it off. Mm. But usually there is still something in the back of my head being like... Something wearing. <laughs> do, do something else. Achieve something else. That sort of thing. It doesn't stop. And I think that is as a result of having had that for quite a long time. So... Yes. 
if I go back to when I was in secondary school, I was a slightly rounder kid. I still loved sport. I, just, I love I, that phrase. I didn't rounder kid. I was a rounder kid. Um, I, 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 I still loved sport. I didn't really train that much for it. I did whatever training session was put on, but I yeah. wouldn't train for anything outside that. I remember I would get home from school. And I'm so hoping other people can can relate to this. I'd get home from school. Parents wouldn't be home because they'd be working. I'd switch on the TV. Yep. Friends. On <laughs> I'd go and have like, I can't remember. I feel like I was probably too young to have a cup of tea. But I'd have something, like some sort of juice with some Milk digestive and biscuits. Yeah, that sort of thing. <laughs> I'd sit there and I would do nothing until my parents came home. Then I'd have dinner and then I'd do my homework if I had any. And then I'd do nothing and then I'd go to bed. And that was the way it was. And then some of the sports I got involved in started training multiple times a week. Yeah. And when that started happening, it became a little bit more serious. I was like, okay, well, I need to be a little bit fitter. So I started running. And then I started doing that. And then got into different sports, all sorts of things, got to uni. By that time, I'd kind of got myself into a workout routine anyway. But the exposure to more people doing more and me being a somewhat competitive person, somewhat is a complete lie, a very competitive <laughs> person, just started making me stretch the amount of things I did in the same amount of time. Um and all of a sudden that becomes the new normal so you go from having a day where as soon as school was done for me i could switch off that was it day was done i'd been i'd accomplished everything and then you add a little bit more and that becomes the new normal and then you add a little bit more and that becomes a new normal yeah. and then someone else does something and they're doing even more than you and you think well there's got to be some way i can incorporate this and you you find a way and now it's just a never-ending cycle of adding more and more and more. Mm -hmm. And you've got to be careful not to burn out, yeah, admittedly. Of course. But then you take a look back at myself. I look back at myself and I'm like, how? What were you doing from the end of school till the time you went to bed? Like you were just sat watching a, a screen. Um, and now I can't even imagine what I'd what I'd be doing if I had that time back. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a thing in that state, your elasticity and desire to stretch. You're comfortable. Every time you add something, for a while it feels like you've added something and then it becomes comfortable because you have stretched to that point. Yeah. And eventually, I mean, and this is where burnout happens, the, the elastic band can break, but you do keep stretching it and finding ways to do more and more and more. And so you're exactly right. Not understanding how people get home and do nothing is a completely rational thing, but at the same time, those people don't understand how you get home from work and you go and do something else yeah it's mad i yeah as i say i really don't mean to offend people but i think my brain just doesn't work like that i'm i'm i think i've got undiagnosed adhd first of all but i think i'm like just a hyper person i i come home the next thing is on my to-do list. I've got to go to the gym. I've got to get a run in. Or I will have done it before work. And then that means that I have time to maybe see a friend in the evening or do something else. Like, I will never not have a plan. The day I don't have a plan, I'm like, wow. I pat myself on the back. I'm like, okay, I can try and have a break. But my housemates are totally different like they all they all keep fit but none of them are athletes so when I come back in the house at 
quarter to ten at night after coming back from training they're all in bed <laughs> and the house is quiet it's dark and I'm then cooking until quarter past ten I then have to like my routine and structure is like clockwork I I have to fit it all in and I know I have to um but it's yeah it, it does get very intense and hard sometimes like there's not many days I don't have a day off essentially like even today is a Sunday that's like the only time I have normally to kind of to myself but I'll have and you went on a run yes I had yes I had to run this morning and then I had hills um which I did as well and then I went to the gym as well (laughs) great day excellent day yeah well I mean what I was going to say is uh, as a person that now I'm not doing an organized sport anymore I stopped and so I'm now pursuing and trying loads of different forms of fitness it's partly related to this but I'm trying to find things that I think are cool are new Mm. um, could be the next venture but at the same time just trying to find ways to push myself in different areas and become more of an all-round athlete rather Mm -hmm. than training specifically for one thing my current routine is I will go to the gym before work on a Monday and a Tuesday Wednesday, if I'm working from home, I'll go on some sort of longer distance run, um, relatively chilled. And then Thursday and Friday, again, gym before work. Friday's a bit more focused on recovery because by that point in the week, everything's screaming at me internally like with my body. Um, hmm. And then at the weekend, um, sometimes on Saturdays now I'm, is when I'm trying the new thing. Yeah. Um, and then on a Sunday, if I haven't done anything on Saturday, I'll do another slightly longer run or... I'll do what I'm likely to do today, which is a short burst run. Still not necessarily going crazy on the intensity, but slightly up the pace. Um, that's my current routine, which I think is relatively chill. Like I don't have any com- competitions coming up, so I'm not stressing about that. I'm not working towards anything necessarily. I'm just focusing on gradual improvement of everything as it goes. How different are we? Um, I think it's... It's really hard to compare lives. I mean, there's probably a lot more going on for you than you've just said. Like, there's there's probably loads of other things. Um, I don't think we're that different. I think we're probably m- mentally both motivated and whatever we're doing. Like, I think maybe there's... I like to push myself massively to the point where yeah I am literally reaching burnout probably every week (laughs) um and I there's some days my friends say to me like how are you not ill how are you not in bed how are you coping with this how is your body not broken I don't yeah so I don't I don't know I don't I don't want to like what's your your routine now in comparison sure um my routine is god I try and wake up at like seven most days. Um, there's some days that I have to wake up earlier to gym, but Mondays um, go to work. It's quite an intense day at work because that's when we do our recordings. So sometimes I'm in the office until about 6.30 and then come home um, and do my run. Basically, I have to do it in the gym now if it was summer I'd still be able to do it and it would be light outside but yeah I do that on the treadmill or bike if I want to um and then that's about an hour and a half and then that's to be fair Monday is pretty 
chill in comparison to my Tuesdays, which, yeah, work and then straight from tra- straight from work, I go to training. So I genuinely finish at 5.30 and then 5.45, I'm on the train on the way to the track. Then I get there at 6.30. So it's a long commute to get there. Um, and then I our sessions just go on and on and on <laughs> because we have so many elements to it it's not just people think oh you, you just have a few runs but you have to, it takes about an hour to warm up you then sometimes have a technical session before that and then you have your main session and then you have to cool down and then I have to get home so if I've prepped the night before which sometimes I do sometimes I don't I then can get home and then I have a meal ready but a lot of the time I don't have time to do that so I am cooking at like bloody 10 o'clock at night um Wednesdays I get up at six and gym in the morning before tra- uh, before work I then um tend to be in the office and then I go to pure sport in the evenings which has been a new thing for me Uh, which is really fun and I've met some cool friends who love running but not in a competitive type spirit which is nice because they just love running which is fun because you can just relate to that really Um, and that's more of like a recovery run for me so and then I don't get back home till later on Thursdays same as Tuesdays really Um, and then Friday's day off and that's when I tend to see my friends in the evening or actually do something quite chilled because the next morning, Saturday, is our intense like track or hill session. Um, and yeah, that's when I really need to prep my, my body for that. Um, and our Saturday sessions are just so long. Like I will leave, I, yesterday I left my house at nine um, didn't really get back until 4 p.m like I don't know what happens we do talk a lot and we but it's a social thing Mm. I think that this is a it's a massively overlooked thing that people when they think about cutting out any form of sport or even picking it up what you don't consider is the surrounding aspect so yesterday I, I did this new thing it was like crossfit high rocks I always thought I'd never do crossfit that's so there I was yeah um the actual workout itself was 35 minutes mm-hmm. i got there about 10 minutes early to the meeting point and so i was talking to people as they all came in and it was a lot of people's first time as well talking to people for about 25 minutes and then after the workout was done probably hung around for about an hour an hour and a half so two hours yeah were spent socializing 35 minutes was spent doing the, the exercise <laughs> and as a result of that like for me, it's now obviously a majorly social thing, not necessarily the whole sort of exercise aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that must be what you're having with your training as well, that there are people there that you spend a lot of time with. Oh God, yeah, we know everything about each other. Like, it's so funny because, like, I know, I know people that I don't work with, as in uh, my training partners will come to training and be like Sally from work I know everything about Sally (laughs) like we do have a chat but you have to kind of you have to adapt from that you have to have like a few minutes of chatting and then get serious and then focus 
and then chat again it's it's like in in and out um situation but um yeah we i don't know what happens on saturday we just end up training for so long and because we have quite technical sessions and then we have a lot of reps on the track and then we gym straight after but we can't well I say straight after we obviously need a bit of recovery time in between and then um train and gym at the track as well um so and then I don't get home for until it gets dark (laughs) and it feels like it sometimes you think oh my god people on a Saturday they're going out shopping they're going to the cinema they're doing a nice chilled whatever day out with their friends and then it's hard to explain to people that you don't actually have time for them like just this weekend my housemate texted me like we were, i really want to go and watch the new hunger games film let's go this weekend and she's got the whole weekend to do that and i had to say to her actually there's not even like an hour two hour slot I have in my weekend so I'm really sorry and it's hard to let people down because um yeah you just feel really guilty but I have to put myself first my training is going to come before anything um and I think that's actually it sounds when you say it and you sound guilty yeah I do. You almost, you, and you're saying it because it's because it feels guilty it feels like it's the unhealthy thing to do but in reality there are so many people in daily life in and out of fitness that don't put themselves first and ultimately as a result of that cause themselves to suffer mm. because they're acting they're trying to please everyone else rather yeah. than pleasing themselves first and then when you get the opportunity to make time for someone else it's even better yeah so it sounds like i know and i completely understand as well like it is you, you do feel guilty it's natural because you feel like you're making someone else's day worse mm-hmm. but in the long run it's probably for the best you get yeah. to take care of yourself you get to be a better person to hang around yeah and i think it's hard i'm such a yes man like i will say yes to everything and i get major fomo if i'm not there or yeah not with friends so i try and fit so many things into my routine that it's quite it gets tough like and then i feel even worse if i have to let someone down and be like oh my god i've trainings overran like today i was late i'm so sorry i just it's, ha- it's fine like again yeah. i i've been there i've done that numerous times i'm always behind and it's always my own doing and i'll i'd be a liar if i said it was always because of my training i'm a procrastinator as well yeah me too um because as a person that doesn't give themselves that much opportunity to do things that i feel normal people are doing yeah when i get an opportunity to sometimes i'll be like oh I've sat on my phone for like 10, 15 minutes doing nothing. I am going to have five more minutes and it's going to make me five minutes late, but like I just want five minutes right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still like, it's it's not good. And I'll, every time I do it, I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. But at the same time, it's just natural because that's what's stopping me going too far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's a difficult thing. And I was, I was wondering, obviously the job that you've gone into now um, seems like you're having a much more enjoyable time, first and foremost. Um, but the people that you're working with, so you've mentioned um, the former athletes, the, the kind of the ones on camera. Do they, I don't know if you have many conversations with them about what you're doing, if they know about what you're doing, but do you see, do you get any inspiration from the fact that they've obviously done it? Yeah. Like, and they've been hyper successful as a result of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I 
times. I think I look up to them a lot. Um, I really respect them. It's just hard to then explain. I know that everyone knows what sport... If you're in the sporting realm, you know what it's like to train hard and put... But um, I think athletics and my event is very, very different. I really respect them because every time we have a guest on, we had Johnny May in on Monday, hilarious bloke. Um, and they, the boys are like, Jasmine's a 400 meter hurdler. She'll give you run for your money. So they do respect it. Um, but yeah, uh, it's hard because people just have this mindset of what an athlete is in their mm. mind if they if they don't know it themselves and they think that you have to be like have amazing nutrition amazing sleep and i have to also say to them like if i was a hundred percent elite level athlete what do you think i'm doing here in this office working with you exactly. <laughs> like, come like, on like yeah and, and like, i think as well that there's a lot to talent as well. I mean, you're born with talent and talent shouldn't take away from the amount of work that a person puts in. But people assume when they see someone training outside of work, if they're going to be an athlete, oh, well, you know, they're, they're an athlete still because of talent. Yeah. And in reality, yes, there can be a stroke of talent in there. However, they're still a person. Mm -hmm. They have to work their asses off. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure... Like when Usain Bolt ran his world record 100 meter time, he smashed a box of chicken nuggets. Yeah. 20, 20 chicken well nuggets the, 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 the like night before or something like that. Exactly. Like these are human beings. Yes, they might be astoundingly quick. Yeah. But there's so much work and so much humanity in there as well that just gets overlooked. Um, and, and this is part of, part of doing this podcast is talking to people like yourself to expose that, but also show that every single person that sits down in one of these chairs in future is going to have a different story and a different take on it. And you never know, I might sit down with someone that's 100% nutritionally perfect. Yeah. Be interesting to see how much further they've got as a result of that. Mm -hmm. Or if they kind of are sitting there going, I do wish I had enjoyed McDonald's Monopoly. <laughs> um, and yeah, yeah I, think, I think looking forward from here, obviously you've got yourself back into a job. Um, you're enjoying it. You seem to be comfortable in some training that you're doing at the moment. Um, no longer having to worry about being in London and not sure what's going on anymore. Yeah. What is the plan from here? Uh, I think, to be honest, I'm really excited for this season. Uh, I think plan, let's, t let's go athletics plan first. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a really exciting indoor season coming up. I'm going to do I mean last year I said to myself I don't want to do too much because I don't want to get injured indoors and then not be able to race outdoors but I've worked a lot harder I think this season to make sure I'm at that point where I, my body hopefully will not break so yes I am going to do indoors and I've got quite a few races coming up um, but that's and people don't know this as well they think oh you 400 meter hurdles indoors you don't do 400 meter hurdles on indoors unless you're a crazy person i would just do 400 flat um and i might do some 60s just to get some speed in and then outdoors is really exciting um i train hard to make sure that i'm at the right at a good um 
mindset and then physical um shape for british champs british champs is my main kind of event of the year and then we have england champs we have the national leagues throughout the year as well there's four of those so yeah um that's my plan for athletics work-wise keep on cracking on i'm loving it it's very it's i'm still very new but just balancing that um and making sure that i'm not slipping back in work slipping back and still managing to train i think it's hard because like there are some points where i've noticed like i'm i'm focusing a lot more on my training than work and there's been other times when i've been working way harder and not getting my training in it's work-life balance and it's a lie if people think that it's a consistent balance yeah yeah you're just aiming to focus on trying to make it more balanced yeah i think um this time last year i was also i just moved to london so like i was socializing so much and i was trying to do way too much whereas this year i've i think i've done the socializing i need to hopefully obviously i'll still have nights out and see friends whenever i want to but um i am yeah just going to be a bit more selfish and just focus on myself a lot more because uh yeah i just i really i'm really excited for what's to come um and I don't really know where I think it's weird because people are like, oh, what's next after British Champs? Surely that's not it. But I think for me, like, to make it there, um, I'm happy with that. And, like, I, um, I'm content with the fact that I'm making it there. It's a big achievement. It's the biggest um, competition in, in the country, in the UK and yeah i don't think from how much i'm working i'm gonna go any further than that people like (laughs) again another comment i get oh so you you've been to the olympics oh yeah yeah of course (laughs) no like that's not how it it works i wish i could but i'm not that standard i'm content with that i'm happy with that because otherwise i wouldn't i would have had to to make so many other sacrifices and even my friend who's been to the olympics like she's still a teacher like you can't it's she's still balancing her life um so yeah i'm i'm really in a good place right now i think mentally um can i can i i'm really first of all i'm really glad to hear that (laughs) um i i want to ask you this is a relatively tough question Mm. I'm going to ask you for a message to yourself at three different points. Okay. If you had to give yourself a message back when you were competing in the high school's um, sort of competition, what piece of advice would you give yourself Okay. back then? From now. From now. Um, So cliche. I don't really care. I'm going to say, don't worry. Everything's going to work out. Don't put so much pressure on yourself now you'll get older and look back and realize that you'll you have so many more opportunities to prove yourself and shine 
um yeah just don't stress it's all going to be okay <laughs> and would the message change much for yourself in 2020 2021 uh maybe not i think it would be more like uh more of a personal stance in the way that i've had to really learn to love my own company like i was so insecure so insecure i still am i feel like it's a massive journey when you come out of i i think it plays a massive part to the fact that i was in relation in three different relationships from when i was 15 to when i was 23 years old and i have always had one person who will do everything with me and i've had to learn being single to like completely enjoy my own company and love myself um and that has played a massive part into like how i am now so i think yeah i the message i would give to myself is like you can do it by yourself you don't need someone else to be there for you all the time um and your family <laughs> are there for you they're, they're enough like you don't need you don't need that other person um if they're not contributing to your life if they're hindering you what's the point of being so yeah i think yeah knowing that i can be happy with myself mm-hmm. yeah cool and the last one mm-hmm. you after you got off that call the redundancy what message did you give yourself oh god yeah that was a tough one because um there was genuinely a point where I was like, oh my goodness. There was a one evening, um, there were obviously a few evenings, but one evening in particular that I can very much remember. I had a, a race and I hadn't done anything all day um, and I was, that because I didn't have a job. So I was just focusing on this one race and it went really badly and i was waiting to hear back um from the job i have now from the interview process and that night i called my mom and i was like mom i don't know what i'm gonna do with my life i literally was like absolutely rock bottom and um i think i would just say like (laughs) my dad was constantly saying to me something's gonna come something big will come just wait for them at that moment um yeah i would just say like you have to be confident in yourself that you're doing everything you can um to yeah to to be the best that you can be so i think yeah i would just again similar to the first message like it is going to work out um yeah that was a horrible that was a horrible evening because <laughs> if you fail on the track and that's the only thing you're working towards like and then you're waiting to hear back from an interview that you don't know if you've got and you just don't think you've got it um and you put everything into that that opportunity um yeah it was really 
not good. I think it's um, from all of those lessons, which are fantastic lessons. And the reason I wanted to ask those is there's going to be people listening to this in each of those stages of life and they need someone who's been there to, to give some advice on that. And I think self-reflection on it as well can really tell tell a lot about yourself and how far you've come. Mm. And I think in two, in particular, two very, very difficult situations, you think the phrase is stay the course, but I always think of steer the course. Like yeah. you've, you've kept at it. And ultimately being in those tough times teaches you a lot about yourself. Um, like you said, if you're not doing well at the one thing outside of something else that's also not going well, it's a huge confidence check, ego check, and that's when you start questioning yourself. But then if you a big thing does come along and mm. you're where you're at now and you're now in a much better place and you look back on that and like you said, you know, just carry on keep the focus you will get through it and ultimately that's who you are as an athlete now that is who you are you line up and when that gun goes all of that is now in the dna of you as an athlete and that is the thing that's going to take you to the finish line and without that who knows you might have needed an extra three months training to be at that performance level because it your brain goes before your body does if you can keep your brain active and you can keep your brain in it then the mental strength is what's going to push you over the line and take you to that pb mm. and in reality you can't train mental strength it comes as a result of unfortunate events and bad times and by adding to one and digging yourself out of it this is who you are now yeah and it's so bizarre because literally that evening i was absolutely rock bottom the next day i got the email saying i got the job and it was like someone was listening to me someone was hearing me um and then from then it's it's been pretty good <laughs> but um it's i didn't think that it would affect me so much as an athlete to not have something else going on in my life um but it really did so it's weird some people would be fine with just being an athlete like obviously <laughs> there are people that do athletics that and that's their career and they thrive off that but i guess i'm not that sort of person i need something else going on my brain is constantly working and ticking so i think you'd be surprised yeah i think every like like i've said many times everybody's different but I think you would be very, you'd do very well to find an athlete that is just constantly getting stuff out of it and never has battles and never has any of it. And ultimately, you see these ridiculous changes in people's performance or even the sport that they do and that sort of thing. And it would be silly to assume that it's just because they felt like it. They felt like getting better. Mm. Chances are something dramatic happened in the surrounding scenes yeah. and that's what ultimately fueled it. And especially with the upcoming season, I would be delighted to see you lighting up that gold trigger or green trigger <laughs> when it's like PB yeah. again. Um, and so oh, we, uh, I'll keep an eye out on your socials to see. see yeah, happen. it's mad. Like you dream of that day to see like the clock stop at the time that you really want. And I know what time I want. I'm not going to say it because say it. 
No, I, you, I, you've got to speak it. Into I don't. Person. I don't think I. I. I will say it off this podcast, but okay. like I think it's hard because. Um, and for There's all of you of... watching this, thinking <laughs> that I'm going to put it in a box over I'm too nice of a person to do that, so I won't. Um, it's because there's a, a thing called Power of Ten. I You probably have heard of it, but it's, you haven't? I haven't. What, oh, what okay. Is, okay, what is Power of Ten? Power of Ten. Wow, it's like <laughs> the top um, visited website for every athlete. Um, basically, that's where all your times go. Everyone can see your time from every single race, when whatever you've done throughout every single year from when you started competing as a kid to now. Like, I have times from, I've got a shot put in there, I've got a javelin through. Like, yeah, so you naturally go on to a pair of 10 before a race, you, you stalk your competitors, you see what times they've ran and how they're running that year. Um, and... All, yeah P, everyone's pbs are on there as well so i think yeah i'm not i can't i'm not gonna say because then um <laughs> first of all if i don't make it but also like people will compare my what i think my time will be okay well what i'll say then is if if anyone is stalking you <laughs> uh and they get to the point where they're listening to this point um <laughs> You're so in their head rent free. So I'll not turn up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the that's the approach I take. But okay, I get that. Yeah. No, that, yeah. That makes sense. It's so weird. Like it's so funny because I try and I try so hard not to stalk people, but I think everyone I, everyone does. Like everyone knows. Well, what I mean, so many doing. sports use film and like do film review, and yeah. it's it's not so much stalking. It is it's mental preparation. Like if you go into a battle without really knowing what you're coming up against, you're making the work's so much harder for yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's so much harder to be confident in yourself. Sometimes you need to see that someone's not as good as you to really mm-hmm. believe that you are as good as you are. Um, so it's it's definitely, it's not that that case. Yeah. Um, but rather than stalking you on, uh, was it Power of Ten? Yeah. Rather than stalking you on Power of Ten, <laughs> how can people that are listening to this, that are a fan of you, how can they find you? Um, I Instagram I use a lot. Mm-hmm. I use Instagram all the time. That's just my name, Jasmine Mitchell. And then I don't really use Twitter. I just retweet a load of crap <laughs> that I find funny. That's cool. my Twitter or a lot of Formula One shit. Um, and then that's pretty much it. I think um, Instagram. Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll tag you in, in this Perfect. and upcoming stuff. Um, and potentially people that are in a similar situation to what you have been in or uh, whatever might hit you up and be like, can I have one of those little tidbits of advice that you've given your younger self? Yeah. Um, but no, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. It's been thank a pleasure you. having you and experiencing the studio. For the yeah, first time. I love it. Um, and no, it was, uh, it was really beneficial for me to learn a lot more about athletics than I already thought I, I knew a decent amount, but clearly not. Um, and the way that you're currently training, I think is also really interesting for people that are also working full-time jobs or, um, aren't training as well as doing full-time jobs just yet and are wondering how it's done mm-hmm. um, I think you've given a, a good example of that um, and it's uh, it's nice to see that you have brought yourself out of a few dark places and you've got yourself into a good place yeah, so exactly. well done again for that thank and, you. Uh, and thank you for coming on thank um, you so much and yeah feel free you're a friend of the show so feel free to ever come, come back on or, or do whatever yeah 
could awesome. do a whole podcast on just athletics if you wanted. <laughs> I'm down for it. Who knows where this is going? So yeah, if, if anyone would like to, to hear that, leave it in the comments. Otherwise, um, if you can subscribe or follow on Instagram, it's at mindsets underscore podcast. It's the same on TikTok. On YouTube, you can find it mindsets um which is if any of you are watching you're obviously you've done a great job of finding it um and and yeah keep an eye out for the the next ones coming forward um but thank you very much for listening thank and, you uh, catch you in the next episode mm-hmm.